indeed. The audio that follows is a keynote aboard a boat, meaning a talk about startups, business development, community building, and other social media hijinks. Aboard a yacht cruising Victoria, British Columbia, Canada's splendid harbor on a beautiful Sunday afternoon as part of Tectoria. Greg and I share a variety of stories, turn the whole thing into a ridiculous drinking game before we are interrupted by a pod of orcas breaching off the side of the boat. What else could ensue? Well, hold on to find out. The audio jumps around a little bit, so your mileage may vary. So settle in while we join the program in process. Greg and I have come uh, and worked to build Hootsuite at, from two very different directions. And I was the first non-technical employee of Hootsuite. I was the first business to do <sighs> And one day, this guy shows up into the office. And we were kind of like this little tight-knit, ragtag group all in one room in the downtown east side of Vancouver. And we were building things with love and attention and affection. And we could look around and see each other in the eyes, all the developers. The products would start with some crazy idea. Ryan coming and saying, Buzzword, 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 thing, 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 developer, programmer. And then he'll say, and we're releasing this next week, Dave. And I'd go, I'll oh, start typing a press release. I'll start typing a blog post about it. I don't know what it is you're talking about. <laughs> At that time, we were about 200,000 users. Then one day, this guy shows up, and he didn't have an awesome beard. <laughs> and I don't know what to think of him. Fresh off the MBA boat. Yeah, he's wearing a shirt with a collar. Weird, uh, yeah. awkward. <laughs> and he comes in with his FM DJ voice and a superhero name. Hey, I'm Greg Gunn. <laughs> like, Dude, what are you doing here in my office, man? And you looked at me going, who's this? What? You made sure to let me know that I had to read the blog and pay attention and stay close to community. I, I remember all... I, I, I didn't say just read the blog. I said, go back to blog post one and read all of it. And you said, can I have an intern do that? <laughs> It didn't work out as planned. So, um, at that time, we were still a little company. We didn't know if we were going to make it. We had a very different competitive landscape. We were still finding our legs, and we didn't have a business model until this guy showed up. And over the next uh, couple years, one day we woke up, and all of a sudden we're kind of a big deal. We have 4.7 million users spread out all around the world. We're making money. We've raised a very small amount of money, uh, generally speaking. But before these things all fall into folklore and legend, we are going to share everything that we've learned with you folks. Yeah, I think that we got... In, in like 12 parables. 12? 11. We'll parables. cut them down if it gets more boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if we start to lose them, we'll cut it Yeah, it's kind of cool. We got some investment uh, earlier this year that made a lot of headlines and it kind of get got a little bit of branding uh, in the space. Uh, and there's a lot of like stories that have gone out about our company since then. But, you know, the stuff that we're talking about right now is before the cash positive, the, the things that we did, and some of the kind of revolutionary things that we, we've approached with the company, which has been, which worked for us. It's not prescriptive, but this is kind of our journey. So you mean before Mark Zuckerberg came to Vancouver and bought a Japa dog, and made, suddenly made us a big deal? Suddenly the Vancouver media started to pay attention to us? If I, did, if, if I didn't disrespect journalists from knowing Duffy, then it was, it, was, it, was that, it was that story that I realized how many hacks there actually are out there. Journalists or pirates? 
So break with his MBA, me with my interdisciplinary degree from Evergreen State College, just down uh, the... In fact, we might run in there here in a couple hours in Olympia, Washington. Somehow we work together to meet in the middle because really the two things that we have in common, awesome beards and a love of cardigan sweaters. <laughs> so our first story is about revolutions. I get really sick about people waving the flags, saying, oh, it's a social media. Web Cloud 2.7, Internet Revolution. I'm going to write a book about it. Have you seen my new book? It's about social media, social media, social media. And I contend you cannot be a social media expert unless you use social media for to talk about something other than social media. media. Shocking, I know. Who loves fly Let fishing? Start a blog about that. Let the liar talk. Film <laughs> <Well> overboard. <laughs> Fact check. Fact check. <laughs> Revolutionary, small R revolutionary tools have the ability to cause capital R revolution in other places in the world. And to not make too fine of a point on it, but one day we walked into work and we'd seen 7,000% growth overnight from Egypt. I just thought it would be another normal day at the office, but all of a sudden we found ourselves right in the middle of this thing. And like everyone else, I've been watching on TV. I see people, uh, you know, being whipped by guys on camels, and it's like, fuck, man, I'm glad I live here in Vancouver. No one's right there. And then we realized that Twitter and Facebook, you know, because the government said, oh, it's a social media revolution, even though there's 17% literacy rate in Egypt or something. It must be if we turn off Twitter and Facebook, everyone's just going to be, ah, oh, we give up. Let's go home. So they closed off Twitter and Facebook, but they didn't close off his face. They didn't know about us. They didn't know about us. <laughs> <laughs> the radar, stealth, stealth internet. And so for 36 hours, we became the voice of the revolution, of the government, and everything in between from Egypt, which put us in a kind of a unique position because the Egyptian army realized that they had been blocked themselves and started using us. The protesters quickly spread the word around saying, if you can't get messages out from Twitter and uh, Facebook, use Hootsuite. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, you protesters slash marketers. <laughs> and, then Christiane Anupur, apparently a big-time U.S. reporter, live-tweeted her interview with Mumbarak through Hootsuite, thank you very much, and then U.S. Embassy chimes in, and they were using that and actually sent out a diplomatic wire to all the other embassies, showing all the tools that they used in Hootsuite. And after this whole thing started to shake down, we were contacted by the U.S. State Department, because, well, the only way we know how to react to things like this is make an infographic, right? <laughs> so we made an infographic. U.S. State Department contacted and said, do you mind if we use it? I'm like, there it's Creative Commons. And they're like, okay, great, great. Well, what do you know about Tunisia? Like, don't you have the CIA to figure shit like this? We <laughs> <laughs> were also contacted by uh, National Geographic, who uh, said, well, we want to use your data in a, in, a, in a magazine article. And I was like, great, use the infographic. And they're like, yeah, we don't really believe you marketing uh, folks. We want the original data. So we had to go back to the developer, send them the original log files of all the traffic from Egypt. And one day, a, a copy of National Geographic arrived in the mail with a picture of Cleopatra on the front. It wasn't really a photograph of her. They didn't have cameras then. <laughs> and then in there was our infographic remixed into a National Geographic infographic. And I said, holy shit, man. This tool that we're making isn't just to help people sell more books. It's not just to help people sell more whatever, right? It's about people really communicating and really effectuating crazy change in their country. And that, to me, gave a whole other scope about the scope of what we're doing. It's not just about selling more burgers, it's about changing the world. And that's what a hippie would say. That's what a hippie would say. And then you're going to say, and what was the ROI on that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all about the burgers. Uh, but that's the truth. Like, that's the sort of things that keeps Dave driving here, is that he's, he's very... 
he, he's very he's very motivated by cultural change and making connections with our audience. And then there's a lot of uh, dual tracks with what's going on with things like Egypt, and then the things that we're actually seeing within the the cultures of the businesses that we work with. So the same you know companies that want to lock down their employees from going to Twitter, going to Facebook. Uh, they don't lock down Hootsuite, so that when we get into you know the uh, procurement processes with companies like HP, that are getting an RFP out there to help manage their social media activity, we're kind of getting dragged through this process, kicking and screaming because we're you know an agile shop and we don't want to spend too much time on these these sort of processes. But then we do a search, and we go, oh, no wonder they're driving us through here because there's already 235 active users on Hootsuite that are at hp.com. So like, there's a lot of these sort of, you know, the culture that Dave's talking about here within the real sense of like countries and change and revolutions. Uh, the thing that keeps me motivated is that some of the things we're doing here, they're kind of tweaking the way that companies are operating and how we organize ourselves and get, you know, get tools into, into companies. So that's, that's the burger flip inside of things. So it actually turns into cash, that same triggers that Dave develops. So two things. One, I hear that you're saying we're revolutionizing, we're helping people, businesses revolutionize the way they do business or evolve the way they do business. And, and the other thing is, every time you use an acronym, I have to have a drink of beer. <laughs> <laughs> what did you tell me? I can't say synergy, but I've got to say something else. You're not allowed to say, oh, fuck, he just said it, didn't he? <laughs> Symbiosis? Is that buzzy yet? Symbiosis is all right. It's all right. Everyone right. hasn't jumped the shark yet. <laughs> Alternate, if you say disruptive or innovative, though, I'm in trouble. <laughs> that, means, that means I killed the whole class. <laughs> so through all these revolutionary activities, we've kind of had a front row seat, and we've been able to sort of drive our bus and figure out how we want to build this business. Because we haven't had corporate overlords in San Francisco or New York or whatever, we've been growing this business, and as long as we said, well, if we can make it, if we can make it make money, we can still play by our own rules. And this is really where uh, you came in with help. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, uh, I think we're going to need all of them. Just keep them coming, one every seven minutes. And along the way, we've learned that while we're doing business with these enormous brands, <laughs> we don't necessarily have to be like them. We're dealing, uh, and this is something that we're, where I learned later on, that Greg wasn't just uh, an awesome, uh, an awesome FM DJ voice. He was actually a chameleon where he could go down and shave off the beard and put on a blazer and all of a sudden he's like, hi Google, I'm down here to do a deal with you. And he'd come back up to Vancouver and turn back into normal Greg. <laughs> so, so tell me about this, Greg. When you go down there, how is it that we're, you're down there doing business? Because for me, I never leave the office. I'm too valuable is the way I like to think of it. <laughs> you're the king of culture, you gotta spread it around. <laughs> I don't think I got through security either. <laughs> so tell, let's t tell me specifically about um, the morning that we, uh, we did the LinkedIn deal. So right. you were in New York uh, with LinkedIn who were doing a big launch and they were launching their partner program. I was in North Van at 5 o'clock. Yeah, I'm going to frame this a little bit, though. Because okay. this ties back into like my experience here in Victoria, and I used to work with a company called Terapeak that some of you guys know about. And so, you know, I'm a product of the Victoria Tech community. Shout out for Terapeak! Shout out! <laughs> and, you know, a lot of the things that we did there uh, helped me prepare me for this gig. So, you know, with Terapeak, we were really close. We're built on the eBay platform. So we were down there every month, whether there was a reason to be there or not. You know, listening to their their issues and the executives there, and you know, being really gracious 
and, 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 and really kind of, you know, giving of our time and resources. And we, we developed a strong relationship with that, with that company. And it's one that's, you know, it's persisted till today. And so that, the, the things that we did here in the tech community were completely transferable to some of the companies that, that Dave's talking about. So one of them would be LinkedIn. And so, you know, my gig is a bulldog. I go down there, talk to as many people as I can. Uh, ask for things that I shouldn't be asking for, and sometimes they say yes. And then in this case, you know, we got access to some new APIs that no one else had access to. So we 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 got put our uh, our hats on and went on a mission. Yeah. So they had a, a PR agency, their internal marketing folks, all these other things, and a giant event that they're putting on in New York. And uh, and we had uh, us, two of us. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it wasn't fair. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? By nine o'clock that morning, we had completely transformed the story from LinkedIn releases, announces new partner program and new APIs and all these things to all over the news, including all the major tech news and bubbled up to the normal, the, 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 the not geek press, was Hootsuite is the first company to add LinkedIn company pages, which is a brand new offering. Yeah. How did we do that? I think it was just hustle. <laughs> it's this kind of hustle culture that we uh, perpetuate. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, what we did is, we, is Dave's actually cultivated pretty strong relationships on the grassroots with PRs, people, blogs, agencies. Like he's the guy who makes the connections with our with our constituents who also happen to have a pretty big share of voice on on, on the Twitter ecosystem, on you know uh, LinkedIn and all that stuff. So by the time you know there's a company like LinkedIn that does a very kind of command and control type of style, and they weren't even into doing a, a media heads up. We had to trick them into that. <laughs> yeah, and then they finally didn't put out the press release. They did it as a handout because that's what the people in San Francisco who aren't in New York really want is that is a handed out press release. That's not really the way they have the story. Yeah. So with a couple of us, we were able to run laps around them, and I think we spent uh, let's see nothing except for your bar bills and uh, hotels and flights. Those and so are important on. things, man. <laughs> Come on. All right, next one. Uh, the audience is not invisible. That's right. It used to be in the old days of doing business, you didn't know who, you could see numbers at the end. We sold X number of widgets, we have all these different people. We can start to aggregate some big chunks of demographic information on these people. But in our case, we're able to know exactly who are the people that are using our product and talking about our product. And we do this by using our own tools. Kind of, I have kind of a weird job because I use Hootsuite to build Hootsuite to people who really need Hootsuite or already like Hootsuite. Uh, <laughs> but somehow, somehow it's kept our costs low because we don't have to pay for our own enterprise plan. That saves us a lot of money. <laughs> so, so, uh, I think that's your biggest like top line item that you actually buy. <laughs> I think that's it. But where this really helps us out and where we combine on this is for doing all these apps. And we're able to, because we're still, a, you know, somehow we woke up the other day. Somehow we woke up the other day and we're over 200 employees, which still seems a little bit weird. How many people's names do you know at the company? Yeah, you know more about your customers. But we're still small enough where you could get an idea from HP and... Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, what's really kind of important for our in our, in our gig is that, you know, uh, Dave's out there uh, working with the clients, and then we also have formal channels to get feedback into the tool because we're a SaaS offering. We're pushing out code every oh, two. Shit, there's another acronym. SaaS. That's not an acronym. Oh, it is an acronym. Yeah. We are software as a service. <laughs> I love this setup, it's good. <laughs> so it's really important to take some of that community goodwill that Dave 
Dave delivers, and then we, we actually have formal channels to track that stuff back. But, you know, what's even more important is the informal channels that we have. So, you know, we, we all have a pretty flat organization. It's a meritocracy. And so there's, you know, account managers and, and, and help folks and also like the sales folks will be able to, everyone's approachable, they can give you feedback one-on-one. -on -one. Or, you know, the executives go down there, we work with HP, and then when they have an, a, a need or a friction point that we can kind of, friction point, is that friction point? No, no, yeah. No. Shug. No. <laughs> <laughs> Meritocracy. Is that? That's a dream. Uh, okay. <laughs> Killing me. <laughs> <laughs> but we pivoted. We pivoted somewhere. A pivot? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the we haven't had to do that yet. We haven't talked about seismic yet, so the pivot right. hasn't come up yet. Yeah. True. No. You, you can talk pivot. about somebody else's pivot. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's your challenge. I'll make it happen. Yeah. Um, but the important thing is, you know, the audience isn't invisible, and we actually get a chance to connect directly with the practitioners and also the procurement officers. Oh, I got something to say about it. <laughs> so, over the last uh, two and a half years ago, I, I, I followed all the mentions of Hootsuite pretty obsessively, as well as all the misspellings, including Hot Suit, Hot Hootsuite with an SW, uh, and all these different permeations of our brand name. And every night, I would see the English ones die off and Japanese ones come up. So, we said, well, we should probably start thinking about that we're going to be a global business at one point. And so, I kicked and screamed. Uh, and uh, had the, uh, the developers re-architect everything, so we removed those static words that were in there as English, and so replaced those with a, uh, some, some codes that are pulling words from a database. And then we started on a translation project to translate to Japanese. First we went to a translation service provider, and they said, well, that'll be 25 cents a word, and we don't understand what any of these words like retweet, and owl love, and hoot love, what does this mean, <laughs> I don't understand. So we said, okay, forget you guys, we went to our users. And you know that story in Tom Sawyer, where uh, Tom Sawyer has everyone paint the fence? Mm -hmm. Actually, you guys are Canadians, so you read Farley Moe's Never Cry Wolf in high school. I read Tom Sawyer. Long story short, Tom Sawyer's Tom Sawyer fancy, he gets all the buddies, he makes a lot of money and does none of the work. Right? So I said, well, let's try that. So we said, dear Japanese users, we really like you. We have a cute Japanese sticker, we'll send you one if you help us translate it to Japanese. Three weeks later, we were completely translated into Japanese and released into Japanese, and Japan rapidly became our number two market. Oh. Wow, how did we do that? So we said, well, let's try that again. Let's try it with Spanish. <laughs> Spanish is a whole other ballgame, because Japan is Japan is Japan. People only speak Japanese in Japan. And I had familiarity with that market because I worked as a mushroom farmer in Japan. Doesn't everyone do that? Is that the same as the Queen Charlotte? No. Haida Gwai. Haida Gwai. It was a mushroom. So politically incorrect. I lived here, it was still PCI. So we tried that next for Spanish. And it was around this time that I met Jose. And I asked Jose, so how do we do this with Spanish? Because all of a sudden you have all these vagaries of colonialism. Countries don't really like each other. If anyone's been to Spain, you think, oh, it's the size of Oregon. They must all get along, right? <laughs> Turns out they're totally Galatians and the Catalans, and it's a mess. So we said, how do we deal with this? So we said, well, let's try and let's start a conversation with our users. So we had a conversation with Central America, South America, Spain, and 23 countries, we brought them all on board, unified them with a Don Quixote owl sticker. <laughs> and then one by one, by treating each market with respect and treating them distinctly and talking about the issues that concern them and talking about what is it that they want. Like Japan, they wanted a version for the k uh feature phones, the Galapa phones they call them in, uh, sometimes. 
They want a version for that, and they want an integration with Mixi, which is a popular Japanese social network. We gave them that, and they're like, oh my god, they're actually listening to us, they did it! And they did it fast. For Spanish markets, they said, we're sick of being treated like second tier by the big companies. We want educational materials, we want case studies, we want info sheets. So we released them a whole bunch of info sheets and case studies, and they responded. And now there's been over 100 million messages sent from Spanish for, in Spanish from Hootsuite. And let's see, how much have we spent on that so far? Let me add that up. I have some notes here. Oh, nothing. Dave's Scottish, by the way. So the story from this comes, one size doesn't fit all for all the countries. Oh, by the way, we're now localized for 16 languages. And over the next five weeks, I'm doing five more languages, including traditional Chinese. Just like no big deal, right? Yeah. And I've got a Chinese, actually Wednesday, if you're back in the office, Ray's hardly that. ever in the office. I live <laughs> Too many drinks. I, I live vicariously through him on the road. All these glamorous office parks and suburban cities. <laughs> we got 12 uh, Chinese folks coming in to do a Chinese translate-a-thon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, this is the thing. So, you know, I was talking with Marianne, I guess it was yesterday. And Marilyn. Marilyn, sorry. Oh, but, and nice shout out there, buddy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go. Oh, there you go. Hug. One hug at a time. <laughs> Well, we were talking about, you know, the, the commerce work that you did in Afghanistan and Pakistan and about how, you know, entrepreneurs and startups can utilize the, these services for getting into new markets. And I was talking about specifically for our market, what Dave's talking about here is, is, is kind of how we soften beaches. And so we have a product that's, we have a freemium model where people can sign up. Premium. Yeah, that's right. Drink, uh, Premium. I guess, I, guess, I guess it's reached that, hasn't it? We never pivoted away from it. <laughs> But what Dave's talking about here is 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 we're using the things that are that are core to our tool, where people can go and, and, and sign up for our services in Indonesia, and we start seeing pick up there, and then Dave does his Scottish best and with cheap, cheerful goes in there, hires a localized uh, you know community manager to go and do hoot ups and go reach out to that community. It costs us nearly nothing, and suddenly we start getting advocates in these new international areas. And so how many how many Ambassadors, do we have right now? We have 84 spread around the world, all under non disclosure agreements. I almost said NDA. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, just last night, this morning, I was looking at the Twitters, and uh, there, was, uh, there was a hoot up in Galway, Ireland last night, and they're all wearing their little owl masks and they're drinking beers, and it's just like us, except they're in Ireland. You can't, I mean, that's. That's crazy goodwill, and that's crazy brand currency that's happening out there because we actually have this two-way street with our clients, and obviously it fits really well with our own model. Um, but you know, the way that this kind of works is Dave goes in there. Uh, are we seeing anything yet? Yeah, yeah. Brand currency. Okay, I'm stop. <laughs> brand currency. That was a good one. Yeah. Apparently, we're gonna have some whales show up potentially. Whales. Right. Yeah, so apparently, there's some orcas just here, and they just killed something. And I mean, you can keep talking. Are they fail whales? Maybe you can tweet me the rest of your time. Nice. Community, drop it like that. I'm out! So we'll come back in a few minutes. Enjoy the nature. Enjoy the nature, Compliments of By the way, you're on an island. Lifestyle before commerce. Welcome to Victoria. So for me, I got to come to a place where there was, you know, 
they, they had the, the foundations of a, uh, of a strong company, and I said foundations, I don't know if that's a buzzword yet, but, nope. you know. Alright, you're slowing down on the buzzwords for a little bit. And, <laughs> and instead, of, instead of taking a, an, an older school business model and, and, and plopping it on top, we took a, a, all the great things that Dave had built there and extended it out to, you know, our sales model. So, you know, we had, at that time, I think it was about 5,000 users a day signing up. We have 10 now. And instead of doing like a traditional, you know, uh, B2B app, you know, sales model, we took B2B, that's, that is one, sorry. Uh, sales. I think sales model almost counts too. <laughs> um, we took, we took the, the, all those people that are coming in here and, had the, and we, we, we started filtering them up for different messages and, and taking that and, 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 and turning it into a business model. And so with community building and international, that's what we're doing now. Softens the beaches. He gets us planted there. What kind of model is it? <laughs> Stop it! Stop it. <laughs> we don't monetize very well off of ninety-five percent of our users. Monetize, but uh, then, then the marketing comes in and they do more structural uh, yeah, business processes. And I said processes because I'm not. I'm on the right side of the. Not processes, processes. That's why you have to be a chameleon. That's right. You have to go down there and pretend we're, uh, we're only secretly Canadian. I know what side of the 49th I'm on on how I say process. But uh, they, they, then the salespeople, the last, the last like, card on the train is the salespeople come in there for a direct sales model. And now we have uh, offices in London, we have offices in, we have new, new, new employees in Germany, uh, Australia, San Francisco, New York. And so it all starts with community and then the, 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 the kind of monetization model kind of comes in and, and, and cleans up. So, next we're going to talk about the hustle culture. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Do the hustle. So I brought a visual aid. In lieu of a PowerPoint slide, I brought a notebook that says hustle on it. On the other side it says field notes. There's more me. And hustle, that's more great. That's and, uh, but my, uh, uh, you know, I, I call, I come up with funny titles for all my, um, all my employees, and everyone who works on my team, almost all, of, all of them start as interns because you can't spell internet without intern. Then I like that one. Dave coined that. I think you have to drink on that one. Yeah, I do. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. And so I come up with all kinds of crazy titles about ambassador of happiness and things like that because I'm an old hippie. And then I bring one in on the action, so he comes up with a title for all his little uh, Well, Because I want them to treat like interns. No. They're beady hustlers. Beady hustlers. Yeah. <laughs> But that's kind of like a cultural thing that we have, which means that we, we just go make it we make it happen. Like no excuses, no planning, no research. No judgment. Yeah, but really what also this means is once someone owns a project, you own that project. It's yours to drive. If you're gonna if it's gonna come off the rails, you better go talk to someone, but it's your job to keep that thing rolling, to be on top of that relationship, be on top of that thing, whatever it is. And there's a great example from one of your employees okay. who came who actually came here from Victoria. I only hire out of the UVic entrepreneurship. That is yeah. 100%. And I gotta say, it's pretty cute because he has a version of him everyone at work, except for him, calls him Junior Greg. But he's the blonde, <laughs> blonde Greg. 
Ah, oh, okay. And he's like, you know, imagine Greg at 23, we still working out every day. <laughs> he's on the volleyball team. <laughs> and he comes in and talks loud. You can tell he's in the office because he's talking loud. Greg's in the office. And he has his own little junior Greg. It's so cute. <laughs> but he also has an AK Hustle as their nickname. Yeah. Tell us why, Greg. Because uh, she just gets it done, man. I mean, it's like we, it, it's totally, you know, what I saw from the early sales team. So now we have a sales team of about 70 enterprise reps. But in the early days, when I, when I came into the company. Just, just, you do <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the early, so what I, what I found is like the early people that we worked with on the sales team were exceptional. Yeah. And they were exceptional people. They were passionate. It was ability over experience. You know, the first three people that we brought there, one was a horse whisperer prior to, uh, the other one was yeah. a uh, semi-pro like, hockey really, player. Really, really, yeah, and these yeah. are all both true. Yeah, and the other, the other guy's from Senegal and was, a, was a, a retail manager. But these people are now actually like managers of teams now, and their people, their leadership styles are, are, are unquestioned. People look at them for that, and it has nothing to do with, you know, are they smarter, or do they have more talent? They were talented people to begin with. But, you know, it, the way that I was brought into the company is how I brought them into the company, which was, you have a long leash. You go out and be a critical thinker, go figure this out, and come back, make things easier. And, you know, if you're in the wrong area, we'll, we'll tug on that leash and get you out of there. But, you know, it's kind of turned into... Which one? That's never But, you know, we really adopted the style, and it, and it really kind of comes down to three things. You know, autonomy, <laughs> mastery, and purpose. And so Daniel. you give somebody. No, that's something like biz school. Nah. It was Daniel Pink. Yeah, Daniel yeah, Pink. Totally. And, it, and it's about giving people uh, enough leeway to go and have control over their day to day, so they're actually critically thinking. We're not micromanagers. Uh, we like it when people make our jobs easier and make us look good. So someone like AK will go off there on, on our own volition and go make things happen because she has and, that autonomy. And, and Alana's is tiny little girl with a squeaky voice who makes her own pierogies. She's a wonderful human being. I remember the day that you brought her in for an interview because you're like, all right, I'm all done interviewing her. I'm great going. I'm done. <laughs> I talk about myself in the third person all the time. <laughs> and uh, so he drops her off because we're, we're having Friday afternoon beers. And he's like, well, all right, Alana, here you go. You can hang out with the community kids. And uh, she ended up drinking with us for about four hours, and all 110 pounds of her. And I said, well, she might actually make it here next week. <laughs> but where she really proved her mettle is uh, the G-plus deal. And last oh, yeah. year, October, November, somewhere, we were amongst the first cohort of companies to integrate Google Plus into our thing. Whatever That's a big social deal media. in our little social I, media I, world. I only call it a thing now because I used to call it a social media dashboard, but now there's other people saying, well, analysts call us a social media management system. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like to say social media Swiss Army Knife, social media toolkit, right. but I don't like to say management system. <laughs> but, uh, but the thing we couldn't tell about this G Plus announcement was we only had 200 licenses. And we made this story into something huge. Hootsuite now brings you Google! And everyone signed up and we had 200 licenses and we had a sign up form for people to get on the waiting list. And the first day we had 23,000 people plus sign up for G Plus. Waiting list. And then we were thinking, oh yeah, two, three weeks, two months maybe, it's a big company. Six months later, our entire G Plus page was just a channel dedicated to 
I can't believe I haven't got my G plus license yet for Newsweek. Hashtag fail. You guys suck. How come? What's well, all your fault? But of course, we have to play friendly with Google because there's a few rules in our industry, which is thou shalt not piss off Google. <laughs> there's probably a second rule in there, but we haven't bothered to learn it yet. We're still working on that first one. So you would assign the Lana to keep track of this relationship with Google, and then one day at 3:30 in the afternoon, we get the sign. Hey. We're gonna, we, we, Eight months later, by the way. Yeah. They said, oh, we, we're going to open up the APIs. We can open this up to everybody. Today, you know, at, today at 530. We're going to do this today. So, like, when do you guys want to launch? We want to do things around it. You know, we're going to get, here's our marketing manager. Here's our product marketing manager. Here's our PR, PR person. You know, we're looking at maybe you guys want to do a launch in, in October. No, we said no. We said, no, no that's we're going to open it up today. Other, we've offered <laughs> this access to other companies. But if you don't want to do it today, that's cool. We understand. And we're like, dur, we're doing it today. Yeah. Stop everything. Dur. And, uh, <laughs> and the only reason this happened is because Aladdin was paying attention because you were probably in, I don't know, buying yeah. drinks for somebody somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right next to the expense account. Counteracting my thriftiness. You do your best to counteract that. Yeah. And so by 5.30 that day, we'd send out an announcement saying G Plus is now open to all Hootsuite users. Rah, rah, rah. G Hootsuite is the first tool to offer G Plus. And the next day, of course, why don't we have G Plus profile there? <laughs> Hootsuite failed. Yeah, totally. So you just can't please everyone, but you can stay on top of the opportunities to react to them when they arise. Well, the big thing is that you hear about the pages because, you know, pro sorry, pages are for the businesses. The businesses care about the pages, but then it's the actual day-to-day -day users that care about the profiles. And so in many ways, you know, Dave is the steward of our free users, which is about 95% of our 4.7 million users. Yeah, 95%. 95%. 96. Uh -huh. you <laughs> I'm the hippie, I don't look at numbers, just yeah. as a dick, you know. <laughs> Eighty-seven percent of statistics are made up, so you can't you don't know whatever I'm saying. Um, but so you know Dave takes care of all the free users and um, there's a bunch of initiatives now that we've kind of started to build out our, our enterprise side of the house. There's a lot of tensions that are created there when you have big companies, you know, right? How would that happen? I don't like it <laughs> There's a lot of tensions that happen when you start going up market towards bigger Fortune 500 companies. And, you know, we have a whole bunch of salespeople that are working really closely with big brands that include McDonald's, uh, you know, uh, CNN, Microsoft, those guys. And they, and they have all these needs and, they, and you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, and we really focus on all the formal ways that we get product feedback. Uh, and you know, enterprise is a, is, is a market for us. Um, but you know, when you start adding, because about a year ago we were 100 people, then you know, two years ago we were we were we were 15 people, and most of the people we're adding are on the business side of the house. So now we have KPIs and scorecards and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. KSFs. <laughs> And, uh, and, 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 you know, you, you, you can start putting a lot of structure around the business side of the, of the house. Um, but, you should have kept that in your hand, by the way, sorry. But we are a, a freemium business model, which has been absolutely, it's, there you go, uh, absolutely key to our success because, you know, we get to go into those organizations and work with practitioners that then become social media managers and then become, you know, CMOs and actually bring us into their environment. But... CMO. Yeah, well, and environment, I think. Environment. Ecosystem. Ecosystem. <laughs> Get 
a wheelbarrow now, right? <laughs> but we started noticing things. We started noticing, you know, there, like G plus pages was part of that, where we started getting some negative feedback of, you don't care about like us free users. You don't care about the regular users. And we're and I, I kind of obsess over our usage numbers, the numbers, and uh, we noticed that. And we had enough of an initiative with our chief technical officer. Thank you, Simon. Who just recently married the horse whisperer? The horse whisperer and Simon just recently married. They're in Italy coming back. That's how close we are. Um, but we started sitting down with our experience uh, guy and some of the devs, and we're kind of looking around at this, and we're looking at the, the numbers, and we're having a, a, a charrette where we're having like a. That's not. That's not. No, that's not it yet. No, that's that's still that's still agile. Very cool. And uh, agile. <laughs> in what context was Agile used? <laughs> in the, the development for context. There we go. And, and, and so we're looking around and, and we recognize that if our other business, our actual monetization doesn't work unless we have a healthy free user base. And we need to have that healthy net because then that, those are the people that end up upgrading into our, our paid products and that's because we have relationships with them. And so we had, now we have this initiative. Uh, because, you know, our genius creative director who actually designed the OWL, uh, we're sitting around and we're going, okay, you know, we're, we're trying to monetize off of all these users and we're making all this money off of them, and, and, but we still need to take care of our free users. And he's like, guess what? And he, he, he's like, I got it, guys. It's bros before pros. So whenever we're, like, trying to justify something that has no monetization on it, we're like, Hashtag bros before pros because we got to take care of those those folks and there's bro there's girls there too but it just kind of sounds better this way that we got to take care of you know our users like they're our brothers like they're our friends because you know if we're only focusing on the monetization side of the house then that affects our whole business model. Well, all those free users, those ninety-six some percent, are all all our pipe. And recently, I've been doing a, a project where we're doing look who's hooting blog posts. Blog posts that actually have information rather than self-referential navel gazing. I know it sounds kind of weird, but they still exist. And we make a list whenever Greg goes off to talk, because you know I never leave the office, and he goes off. And he was in Chicago, and we did a whole list of like Rob look who's Emanuel? hooting. Look who's hooting in uh, Chicago. Common. Right, and you look yeah. at all these brands and these people like Common. Apparently, he's a popular music. He's artist. a boss rap artist. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm, I'm a Dan Madigan fan. Okay, yeah. we're gonna see that tonight. <laughs> we sure are. Look, he's on board. Oh no, that's Cody. Sorry. And when you realize that giant companies like you want to know a secret, GM. Once upon a time, they were an important automobile manufacturer. That's an accurate. <laughs> 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 He's immune to his own. Who's the, who's the cop back there? Um, I looked him up, and oh yeah, they're running their whole social media stuff 100% from Hootsuite free. They're going to be coming up with the 9.99 a month. They could ask me for a coupon code. I'd probably hook them up. But what we learn is there's a real fine line between the people who are free and the people who are enterprise. And people leapfrog that giant chasm oftentimes without... Um, chasm? Uh, chasm? 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 Yeah. Chasm? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was you. It's old school. It's old school. It's retro. Yeah. Old school. I thank you, Drink, for saying retro, though. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll do our little hoot-ups. We do hoot-ups, meaning people get together and talk about it between put on funny masks and exchange stickers, you know. And, uh, you know, one, I remember an event in Nashville Someone wins a hoot kit, wins, meaning you get some of our marketing propaganda. stickers, right? They look something like this. 
the next week they, she sends an email saying, oh, I'm writing for my work email account and I run social media for Xerox. You think you can hook me up with an enterprise demo? Never heard of them. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> Park. They used to do a, some computer experiments. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, the enterprise people are all like, shiny object. That's a shiny object. That's a lead with a budget and a timeline. Let us jump all on top of that. But it starts, our little pipeline starts with these little things that we do, these little tiny initiatives, because really we are our own target market. The people who are inside making these decisions uh, and being our <coughs> internal champions <laughs> are people just like us. They're not suit and tie people. They're not uh, obscure from our world. They're just like us. You know, the people that we meet at things like South by Southwest, and they're the ones that love it. And you never know what that first micro gesture that brings them on board is going to going to be. Most most definitely, I like micro gesture. That's a good one. I think it's a good one. I think that's totally on side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, speaking about South by Southwest, where 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 you guys first met, your love affair began of making fun of me. Love is in the air. You know that to to build on that, um, most most companies of our size will have budgets of hundred twenty, hundred fifty thousand dollars to go down to South by Southwest, which if you don't know about it, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a, a model that we're looking towards with Rifflandia, something that we see some similarities we want to build to, where there's... Burning Man for hipster doofuses. <laughs> <laughs> hey buddy, who's got the microphone? I remember when I had my first beer. <laughs> There's more of my no no. South by Southwest for us is the Holy Week. It is our Olympics. It's the biggest deal that we do every year. And when you go down there, everyone is like brand, brand, brand. How much can we do our brand, smooch brand, all over you? And we go down and take a very different approach. What do you think about that, Greg? He's totally, he's totally shut down. <laughs> yeah, I'm, ta I'm taking advantage of this. <laughs> Finally, I'm in charge. Yeah. So our, uh, our Southwest, Southwest initiative is a little bit different. And a lot of these companies, they go down and they spend, I mean, easy quarter million dollars to put on a party. And you go into a party, and after your third party, do you really remember whether that was a stumble upon, Mashable, Zynga, Syndic, whatever, make up a dot, dot, <laughs> I just made it up. I went through my random web 2.0 company name generator, put rounded corner on the cards, and come up with a, a name that you drop a vowel. So all those vowels that they bought on Wheel of Fortune actually came from web 2.0 brand names. <laughs> so instead of that, and how yeah, yeah. How many more parables? Last one. Alright. Oh, jeez. You flew us all the way out here. We're trying to give you full value, man. I'm, I'm sorry, did, someone, did these people have somewhere else to go? Yeah, they're not. <laughs> not anymore. Awkward. Oh, It's a pretty big deal. And Dave's kind of like the master of again using his Scottish talents to like hack things together. And uh, how was your experience this year? Uh, it was exceptional. Tell me yeah. more about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's watching. <laughs> <laughs> Cousin's watching over there. <laughs> 
Uh, we, Isn't it cute how he laughs like a girl after that? <laughs> <laughs> it just shows you, it's like when you when you look at David Beckham, you're like, motherfucker, that guy is handsome. And then he starts talking, you're like, oh, I'm way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> doing that sort of big investment, which is kind of typical, right? We, we try to think about things a little bit differently and how we, we're going to put money into this thing, how we're going to maximize it. And also it's about making connections with our clients and then also changing how, you know, the enterprise clients that we work with are connecting with us. So, you know, I remember it was actually like two week, two months before South By. We're, you know, Dave's the guy who plans all the stuff that's going on there. And uh, I walk into the, to the, the, the office of Fishbowl with where Dave and, and Ryan were, were, were hatching up this plan where they're Ryan's our CEO. Ryan's our CEO. Our CEO. Oh, there you go. There you go. And instead and instead of making a big investment like and, and doing the same thing, giving the same signal to everybody, uh, they had this stupid idea to uh, get a bus and convert it into a walking billboard for us. I'm like, that's a terrible idea. It's gonna look like earmuffs. Shit. And I was thinking, and they're like, they have this whole thing going on there, and then they get it all, they all planned out, and I remember we showed up there, and for, you know, $30,000, like a fraction of what we were going to pay for the entire event, they got this huge art, this art collective to build this rad, you know, they converted a, a train, uh, was it, what, what sort of car was it? It was, it, a, it was three weeks before South by Southwest, it was an airport shuttle. And I'll, I told these guys, oh yeah, we bought this old 12-year-old airport shuttle bus, and we're going to put some stickers on it to kind of use some crowd transport. No big deal. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we show up, they pick us up at the airport, and it's this beautiful piece of art. And it's not something you'd see normally where there's a big logo on the side. We basically had, you know, uh, a bus with this huge owl on top of it. And it was hard to ignore. It was our target audience where... It wasn't hard to ignore. It was in fucking and 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 you know it kind of speaks to the fact that that is something that speaks directly to our freemium users the the folks that use our tool on a day-to-day -day basis but then it also gave us branding with all the other you know executives out there it gave them a different signal so that you know when we instead of throwing a big you know party we we, we had a barbecue and we were able to bring executives from ESPN and CNN and, you know, uh, representative from the White those House. Are both, those are both acronyms. I'm getting called on that. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and we're able to make an actual connection. So I mean, guess the, the, the thing is we thought creatively about how can we reach out to our actual users? And then, you know, those users are also the same people that are at the brands that we sell to that are actually the, the procurement managers. And it all kind of was this con uh, confluence where it all kind of came together. And, and, I'm on side. I'm on side. And, okay. And, uh, and, and we were able to accomplish both goals. And that's always been a tension that's been going on with our company because as we start to grow out and say that we're everything, we're not just enterprise, we're not business, um, we're trying to really take the humane aspect of those initial connections that Dave has made and cultivates and, 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 and basically uh, you know, make sure that they're maturing and then extend it out to a business environment which hopefully we're making a little bit more humane. That's our kind of own personal goals out there. So what you're saying is we spent, do you know how much we spent on that barbecue? Three hundred dollars. What about that? And these people wow. were telling, and we had all these major brands, and the guys who built the the hoot bus 
which I haven't seen pictures of. And it's Dude, one of my, these guys are so cool. They're like the A team. Like they, it, was, it was absurd what they did. And I invited them because they built the thing. And they, when I arrived, they were literally still building the thing. They picked me up in there. I had to go back to their studio to keep doing things, tuning the stereo, doing all this stuff. And they hadn't really gotten to take a ride on this bus that they had built. So I invited them to our party. So these folks are coming from IBM and HP and... And they said, you know, all these different companies, they buy us steak dinners, they fly us out, they wine us and dine us, and here we are hanging out in Texas with a uh, case of cheap Schneiderbach beer, and I have some Texas steaks, and hanging out in the, uh, the patio, and they are ready to be our customers for life. And now these people are absolutely in our feedback channel, they get early access to these things, but it all starts with, just like we're doing now, with having a beer in some strange location. In this case, it, was a, in this case, it wasn't a boat, it was, uh, I rented a renovated frat house, um, which was, maybe will go on my Mark the Greatest Hits album. Because um, hotels are 500 bucks a night minimum at South by Southwest, we rented an entire 10, uh, sleeps 10 person, with, dudes, you'll understand the importance of this, a row of urinals. <laughs> Keeps the place tidy. Um, <laughs> all in, and these people came and uh, were absolutely thrilled with the experience, and we were able to like actually make business. I, you know, I might almost say that there was ROI from that three hundred dollars investment. The number That's was so small. Anything under five hundred dollars, the accountants won't give me specific breakdown on, so I'm not able to tabulate the ROI on that. So I can't give you an answer. <laughs> So, you know, those are some of the stories that we have. Those are not prescriptive. It's Dan stuff. Oh, Dan! Oh! Lucky! I'm mad. Tiny <laughs> Alright, so before Dave trashes the place, I have one final thing to tell you. Everything that we do comes down to uh, making friends and sharing stories. We do this all over the world. And in that bag, next to Greg, perhaps, perhaps Vanna, you will hold up that bag. There is all kinds of little treats in there, sweet treats. And I, and I win the Swag Olympics every year. I don't know if you guys know this exists, but whoever creates the best swag wins the Olympics, and I win it every year. I know because I invented the contest. <laughs> but in here no is, yeah, in here is these little hoop kits. Now, a hoop kit is an envelope filled with promotional crap. Except I sell you give it, do you have one? Oh my God. And in here is stickers, pins, tattoos, and we mail these all over the world. And we've created a recursive feedback loop of internet detritus. Who's in shocking right now? <laughs> Everybody! <laughs> recursive feedback loop! <laughs> and you too can go home with some of this propaganda. We send these kits, we sent out 4,800 of these all around the world so far this year. We send them, you know, and, and for me, I love getting stuff in the mail that's not crap from real estate agents. Do any of you guys get anything in the mail besides crap from real estate agents anymore? Bills. I think it's a great way to connect, connect the, that online and offline world. We send these because people are used to dealing with our brand in a two-dimensional world. All of a sudden, you get something. If you're in Azerbaijan, which we've sent these to Azerbaijan, I had to learn how to spell it. You can imagine, if you're a Twitter nerd in Azerbaijan, Well, that's more or less how it came to a raucous end. No doubt it was a load of fun doing that talk. My thanks go out to Dan Gunn, no relation to Greg. If I get that right, and invited us and treated us like we had something important to say.
and also to the audience for laughing along and really making it into a loose, fun event. As a bit of epilogue, now in the middle of 2016, Hootsuite is a billion dollar company with a thousand employees or something something. However, along the way I ran into some health problems and have taken some time away to patch myself back together. And Greg has also um, moved on to some new hijinks and adventures, something about a sailboat, I'm not sure. If you liked it and you want more, there's tweets and photos from the talk, as well as a whole bunch of more, oh, many other lectures and spiels of all kinds at DaveOStory.com. Bye for now.